Hey folks, thanks for listening in. Stick around to the end of the podcast, the very end, uh, if you want to find out some ways to support us. Okay, I will after I clear my throat. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I am... Welcome to Blurred of Mouth, where black nerds talk black nerd shit. Today is one of our uh, special Blurred of the Hour episodes, where we have a special guest. I am Oleander, one of your co-hosts, and our usual co-host is not here, uh, but we do have our editor, our uh, third part of the team. Hi, I'm Kestrel, I buried CJ in my backyard, and I'm here to take over Blurred of Mouth. Also, I'll do my pronouns real quickly as well. I use she pronouns. Um. <laughs> so, uh, let's throw it over to our special guest. Yeah, why don't you tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, uh, I am Kendrick, or Kendo. I am a blurred. I use they, he pronouns. Uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what else to say. Uh, I'm a host of a different podcast. I don't know if this is the time to be saying that, though. Uh, well, this is all about you. You are the blood of the hour. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like what you're involved with and what you like to do? Yeah, so I am the host of a podcast called Tales Yet Told. It's an actual play podcast uh, where we play uh, uh, mostly indie games. And by indie, I generally mean games that aren't Dungeons and Dragons, not for any particular hate on Dungeons and Dragons on my players part, but just because we want to, you know, it's a kind of thing where we want to explore the space and possibilities of the types of stories that uh tabletop games can like bring to the table and like kind of explore that help give that more space to be seen and played in and that kind of stuff uh so that's like i guess the big thing i do i also do some streaming whenever i have the time most of my life is just playing tabletop <laughs> RPGs, to be quite honest. Oh, what a so, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that's the thing that I do other than like <laughs> watching anime or like TV shows. And I like, feel like we working. live the same life. Yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> I spent every moment I've been awake today so far, I've been just like planning sessions for a game. So it's like, Man, there's so much. There's so much. There's so many tabletops to be so played at. Play them all. You got to play them all. Hi, I'm Ash Cats. It's like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did uh, take a listen to episodes of the podcast. Oh. And you are a fantastic narrator. Ooh. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just wanted to, to, to say that. To shout that out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More power. Yeah. You're a fantastic narrator. Anyone that wants to hear fantastic narration, go check out this podcast. Yeah. Haha, ha, look at that. It's not me just... I. It's not just me who likes it. <laughs> I can please, please watch it or listen to it i guess i'm literally gonna go and follow that now because i need more shows to listen to well every wednesday and we try one of the biggest things that like i wanted to do with it or like make sure was true about the show was that it was accessible um mm. so we try to do a very like our episodes never go over two hours all of them come with content warnings, especially because this first season is like a horror season. And like, that was the thing I wanted to 
really make sure like i don't want anybody like stumbling into it and it was like wait oh that's not what i thought was going to happen i don't like this anymore right yeah that's a really important part i feel as though content warnings are something that are super easy to do for like ttrpgs in general but that mm. is like overlooked in a lot of spaces mm-hmm. yeah so like congrats to you as well to having like to for making sure that like your audience are fully comfortable like jumping into your show and like being able to like fully enjoy it without having to worry thank you yeah because it was it's definitely something that i was especially very cautious of is because the type so the game that we're playing is babes in the wood uh which is a game by adam voss we're playing the first edition of it he just came out with the second edition Mm. um but it's like it's like similar vibes of like over the garden wall and like other like kind of uh like folk tale-ish kind of stuff we have our own twist to it of course um but that's the general vibe is like kids out in a weird world where they're not supposed to be trying to find the way to get back home and because of the specific twist we do which is like it's very the world rather than being like an old-timey like americana it's like the 80s um Mm. So it's like 80s, like sci-fi horror. It can get, it's like kids in very dangerous situations at times. And I know a lot of people that's like, a lot of people don't want to hear about kids like getting hurt or like being in danger. Like that's like not specifically a thing that like some people are comfortable with. And like in this specific world, there are people who turn into animals and like that kind of human transformation isn't a thing that some people are comfortable with uh <laughs> because i tend to narrate things in very specific detail and so like that's a thing i want to make sure that like i check in with my players all the time where i'm like hey are you <laughs> yeah. guys cool with this and like and i also want to make sure that the, like the audience also has the ability to choose not to engage with something that is potentially like problematic or triggering for them that's so interesting you literally named like two of my big like when it comes to content that includes harm to children and like you know turning into other creatures especially like against your will that is something i can't easily engage with with ttrpgs if i'm a player but i would be very interested in like being able to explore that at my own leisure with that sort of show in hand and you've provided like this content warning so i know going into it that like okay if i want to explore this i know that i can just give myself space to do that instead of like yeah worrying about that so like it sounds like you've created a very interesting uh world for your players i uh i hope so i think so they're constantly telling me that they are really interested in the world and of course um <laughs> um my brain is like they're lying to me it's not <laughs> as cool like that's the, <laughs> the curse of, of the gm yeah right of like they're they're all liars yeah and it's just like <laughs> you're it's sitting with like better. an actual tome of text and you're like ah this must be in unenjoyable mm. <laughs> i wasted my time on all of this they, they show up every up. week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of <laughs> spite because they hate it <laughs> i know i know people go to hate watch movies like cats the musical the movie so they must be coming they to hate, hate play my game, game. <laughs> I will hear no cats hate while I'm here on your podcast. Hey, I I enjoy Cats the Musical. I haven't seen the movie yet. Okay, I've not seen the movie yet, but I did see the original. I am am the rare theater kid that likes Cats the Musical. I feel like I'm the rare non-theater kid. I did theater, but not like enough to 
not consistently enough, I feel. To, Pseudo good, yeah. To, yeah. I did a lot of comedy in the college, so maybe I did a lot of like improv. So like I'm a pseudo (laughs) theater kid. (laughs) Um, You have the credentials, but uh, it's it's like a psychology degree in the science field. There's a Venn diagram between (laughs) improv and theater kid. Yeah, I. I The Venn diagram is improv band kid theater kid. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And then sometimes choir kids swoop in. Yeah. I feel like there's also like a gradient between like what is like improv and what is theater, what is socially acceptable to do yeah. in public. <laughs> and I feel like both like both theater kids and improv kids breach the like they start doing whatever like their thing in like public places when they all <laughs> like after the show they all go to Denny's or whatever. <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> but I feel like on terms of like socially acceptable to non-socially acceptable, for whatever reason, improv like gets into socially acceptable because it just kind of feels like comedy. And so people <laughs> will be like those loud fucking kids over there <laughs> now but they're kind of funny so it's okay but you can't get away with doing your monologue in the middle of a tennis from your play because then they're like fucking theater kids oh yeah i love the phrase feels like comedy in re- reference to improv and i think that's the only way i'm ever gonna refer to it myself it sure feels like comedy <laughs> this they think this is funny for sure. Can you imagine is... like a whole TV show based around improv, but like the tagline is it feels like comedy. <laughs> there are parts of this where it feels like they think you should be laughing. That's just me making a joke in any D&D game or any RPG game. <laughs> it feels like what I'm doing is entertaining for other people right now. <laughs> I feel that. All right. Let's um... uh Let's see. Uh, yeah. CJ's given us like a list of questions to ask you that oh. they would usually ask of other people. And the first one is, uh, who's your favorite character and why? And this can be from anything. It doesn't have to be uh, limited to just like TV and film. It could also favorite... just be recently, if, if recently, that makes it easier. Yeah. It's a very broad question. Okay, recently. Literally yesterday, I finished all of The Dragon Prince. Mm. Um, oh yeah yeah and i'm a big fan of king harrow i was there was a bit where it was like oh yeah fuck yeah black king (laughs) dope and then literal black king Mm -hmm. literal black king and then like i guess spoilers for the dragon prince (laughs) spoilers for the whole concept of this show (laughs) (laughs) yeah right he dies mm-hmm. <laughs> within like the first couple of episodes. I was like, damn, that kind of sucks. But then they keep bringing them back in the flashbacks. And mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and they fleshed them out in such an interesting way where it's like, I was really impressed that he ended up being like, cause you know, you see him before he dies and like, he's the noble prideful King who's done far too fucking much in his life. And he's like, it's time for me to pay the price. And then like, you get to see that play out, like as the show goes of like what all of that was and like seeing the depth of like, Oh, there's like, like mixtures of like humility and pride and like a wanting to do justice and like having to balance that with like, what is good for my people. And then like, what is good for all of humanity? And, like, what's also good for, like, everyone else as well. And, like, I was really excited to see the amount of death. I almost said death. 
<laughs> there is a lot yeah. of that there is in that show. There is also a lot of surprising amount for a cartoon. Yeah, right. Like, (laughs) like a a pseudo kids show. I mean, I say pseudo; it's a kids show. Yeah, but like, there's so much death in it, and I think it's overall. I was very impressed with the show. Like, I started it off, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. But as it went Mm. on, I was like, okay, this is actually kind of pulling things together. Like, this is actually a very good thing for kids to watch. Yeah, in the same way where it's like. I feel like Avatar was. I know it's like the same, produ- the same uh, like head executive writer. producer. Yeah. Right. Or co-executive producer, I guess. And it's like, it's a really good show about like talking about like the cycle of violence and like xenophobia and a lot of different topics I was not expecting the show to deal with. It ended up dealing with. And also a surprising amount of uh, representation yeah. in that show. Um, I remember my cousin who was like, God, they, they released seasons so slow. He had to have been like eight at the time. He was like over at my house on like a Christmas or something. And he just needed something to watch. And so I threw on the Dragon Prince. And he's, he's a short little black kid with curly hair. So seeing uh, Prince Ez- Ezrin, uh, yeah. Ezra, he was just like enamored with the show. Watched the entire like first two seasons while he was over. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. such a good show for representation. It really is. Like, especially, like, I remember the first bit, uh, like, but it was like, okay, there are black characters. Dope. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> or there are, like, there's, like, oh, multiple, like, national. We exist yes. in this fantasy world, finally. You just see us walking around in the background, and you're like, ah, it's, we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're here. We made it. Yeah. But even, like, the first, like, um, mute character. The uh the ant. I was like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, just like the the easy like there was like there's like no introduction to it. They don't make it a thing. It's just like in the world, there's a sign language that you, most people tend to know. And like they also like the military's like, oh yeah, this is just uh this is also uh her. I'm not sure the term. I guess translate. No. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. But her 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 accessibility partner to be able mm. to speak for her. Like that's super cool. Cause that's a thing I've done in a game as well. And I was just it was super interesting seeing another thing doing that. Mm. And then also just like the gay couples that came out of nowhere with no pomp and circumstance. It was just like, oh, look at these two. Oh, shit. Two queens? Dope. People uh, just <laughs> exist, yeah. People just, just exist happens. in that world, and it's so cool. I hope because they they got approved to do like the all the stuff that they have planned, which is going to go on for two or three more seasons. But they've they've been holding on to the next season for like two years now, and I'm like, please, please, just a truffle. It's culture. coming out. I saw at least Netflix is finally saying a new season is coming. Okay, it's like please just give us a poster. Anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything. I need it. Just one little teaser. <laughs> I this is making me want to rewatch all of the Dragon Prince because it's been a while since I've uh, watched through the whole thing. Yeah, it's good, and it's so it's so short as well. Like literally, yeah. I watched most of it yesterday. Wow, I, I'm trying to think of a segue, but I can't. So I'm just going to jump to the next question. <laughs> I thought you had something yeah, on your mind to say. Yeah, normally I'm really good at segues, mm. uh, but I'm completely off your lost today because I'm not CJ. <laughs> uh, but what is a what is something that you wish you saw more of in media in general? I think, like, kind of 
going into that. I think the that amount of representation where it is not just that different people of, you know, different nationalities, ethnicities, religions, you know, disabilities and so on and so forth uh, are like in a world, but that they feel so naturally a part of whatever it is that they are in without making a big deal of the fact that they are there. Right. Cause that's just like whatever producer or studio patting themselves on the fucking back being mm. like, ah, see, we got one of them over here. And it's like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Congrats. You put a person in a thing. Yeah. Sci-fi in, in particular is usually really bad about this where they'll like throw in like one black character and then they'll, they'll like try to have diversity panels and shit at comic cons like, yes, ah, now we're gonna talk about diversity and they turn to like the two characters that aren't white on the two actors that aren't yeah. white on the entire <laughs> cast and say what do you feel about how we handled diversity in this show <laughs> go on uh, speak up <laughs> oh my god uh but it's... then you sit back and you think about it and it's like wait a minute your show takes place in a utopia where all of humanity came together and, and went to space <laughs> And and for some reason, we only see white people. They're not even wow, the majority really... of the planet. It's not um, wow. something up. You, you surely aren't pointing out a very specific <laughs> show. <laughs> aren't calling them out at all. No, I'm not calling out anything specific. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you're totally right. Because that reminds me of, I guess, like the story. And I really wish I remembered her name of... In the original Star Trek, I think it was her character, Captain O'Hara? Not Captain, but... Uh, oh, man, I know who uh, you're talking about. Yeah, I don't watch Star Trek, so please forgive me, anybody out there who's going to get mad at me. <laughs> but, like, the story of, like, when she was like, uh, I don't know if I want to keep doing the Star Trek thing. And then literally Martin Luther King had to be like, please don't leave the show. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> have you not heard this story? I have not, no. Yeah, so apparently um, during it, it was like, she was like, uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about this. And I, and I don't quite remember why she was feeling that way. But like, at some point, literally met Martin Luther King. And he went, I'm a fan of the show. And like, you like, we don't as black people get to see, especially at the time, black people on screen with other white people of similar like status and like being able to have that much screen time that many lines i was like i'm pretty sure it was like also the first interracial kiss that happened on screen and it was like he was like this is so incredibly important for us as a people to be able to see ourselves on the screen in something that was and still is as popular as star trek and like as super cool as that is, it would also be better if those shows just put more fucking black people in them. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> Though, I haven't seen Star Trek Discovery. I think that's the newest one. But they had, mm-hmm. like, both, I think, black and Asian Starfleet captains at points in Yo. that one. The reason I haven't seen it is because it's a, I think it's a CBS all-access show. And I'm not, I'm not getting another streaming service just for Star Trek. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> It's like that's that and then Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone is the only thing on CBS All Access. Sci-fi in general does this a lot because like Mass Effect low-key kind of does it as a video game thing. Fantasy things do it a lot too. Mm -hmm. Sure, the Dragon Prince stands out as like not doing it, 
but then you like look mm-hmm. around at like Harry Potter and one of the only black characters is named fucking Shacklebolt. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for us as an earth to be done with Harry Potter. <laughs> so done with the it. The day that it is added for the last time, there will be just a breath of relief swept across the earth. Right. I will always hold this over Rooster Teeth's head, but when they were airing Ruby, and already like a red flag, having a character called Flint Cole be one of the only like black characters, uh, and that name originating as a joke from a completely different show as well. It was an achievement hunter thing, I think, um, where like they were joking about like, huh, wouldn't it be funny if there was like a black character called like Flint Cole on a thing? <laughs> oh, but mm. oh no, you can't be doing that. <laughs> oh. Truly, it's terrible. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to think of what person in Achievement Hunter would have made uh, that joke, but I haven't seen <laughs> Achievement Hunter in so long. Right. Um, I mean, like, I give you three. You probably, like, guess who. And I think it was, like, uh, um, a, a multiple people piling on the bit. So I think yeah. one person said, like, hey, what if there's a character called Flint? What is it? And, like, just sort of evolved from there. I need to try and find that original clip. I don't want <sighs> to, but... Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to. Oh man, who would it be? I don't know if it was because the, the only people I know are the original achievement hunter people. So it's like mm. I don't think it would be Michael, but maybe mm. there's a part of me that is like, <laughs> mm, I think he would be it. Like it's a funny joke, and then if someone were like, "That's bad," <laughs> he'd be like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that." But <laughs> I could also mm. potentially see. um Gavin saying, "No, I don't." Wow. Mm. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a mystery now, isn't it? They're just all white people, so it could truly be any of them. Yeah, watching Jen Lock made me go, "Damn, Michael B. Jordan's the only black person in the entire crew, isn't he?" He's like, he's like the executive producer, but then like, if he were to like show up to the set, well, I guess not the set. I guess the animations. The, the the animation department of Rooster Teeth, he'd look around and go, damn, I'm the only black person here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can You're truly try his right. best as executive producer, but that team ain't it. <laughs> God. Um, well, you know, this has been a, this part of the conversation has been very like, you know, sad so why don't you like flip things over a little bit why don't you yeah. tell us like what are your favorite things favorite genre favorite trope favorite interesting mm. Mm. i guess favorite genre i've been really getting into horror and i think part of that is because Ooh. of like my podcast <laughs> because i've i've been having to do research because i am not particularly from i don't have a lot of a horror background um i in fact did not watch horror for a long time until like I got into college because of some childhood trauma of a man scaring me in the middle of a target when I was like young mm. enough to be still be sitting in like the cart oh, no. <laughs> that my mom would push around. Where it's like, so we were in a target and like I'm in the seat, my mom's checking out, and I'm a dumb little kid, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm sitting around <laughs> looking around. And I happened to just turn back to like looking like back at like the rest of the store. And a guy had snuck up with like the scream mask on and like a real knife. 
<laughs> and was like like ah trying to scare me freaked me the fuck out i started crying he ran off into the store laughing um what? and like yeah right like what a shitty thing to do to a child Good and Lord. it scarred me for life and i wasn't and like even like the like i wasn't able to watch like scary movie because scream was in it and like i it like freaked me the fuck out and i would like i would have nightmares like i couldn't watch horror and it was the worst yeah there's a really good reason to not like nobody has to do anything they don't want to do uh in regards to something like you know genre uh but that's a really good reason for not like i think (laughs) yeah that's a a pretty good reason to not want to do horror yeah (laughs) right i thought so but like as of recently, like having like since then, like I've kind of worked through it. Like the first, I'm like by work through. Like I, I mean, for me, it essentially was just like having to, I guess, separate the uh, like that instance and also like my existential fear of death, um, mm. <laughs> and like move those things to the side and be like, yeah. okay, I can enjoy this thing and like n- try not to have that <laughs> seep into. <laughs> my my other stuff and so like i've been able to watch stuff now and i'm i'm a, I'm a pretty big fan i like horror and mm. i like doing horror for um tabletop games and so on and so forth it's very fun. seeing people who didn't really have like a long extensive background in horror get into horror is always super fun because when you actually sit back and look at it, a lot of the people that are like the biggest horror movie writers or whatever, they're all people that are like, yeah, I don't actually like horror. I don't go <laughs> see my own movies. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy that created Saw as a franchise, he only did the first movie in Dipped because he actually doesn't like gore. Oh, no. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> He produces That's all really sorts funny. of horror movies, but he doesn't like watching them. I would feel the exact same way. Whoa, that's so wild. Yeah. I'm interested in like the thought process behind that of like the first saw like started a franchise and is like iconic, right? Mm. So how is someone who is like doesn't <laughs> like it <laughs> end up like making that <laughs> making something that is like not just like good but like has stood the test of time yeah like uh created like a heavy cultural impact with what it is they were essentially very afraid of yeah yeah but maybe actually you know what i think that might be it maybe it is because that they are afraid of it that they are able to tap in they understand why that thing is truly horrifying yeah yeah i guess if you can't look at your own horror and you know still be affected by it how do you know you're writing horror? Mm. Yeah. Um, which actually like begs the question, like Kendo, has that been the experience for you? Like when you've delved into this for your games, have you still find yourself like tapping into that feeling as well as like the general conventions of horror? Yeah, I think I would say so like the the genre of horror that I delve into specifically for Strangers in the Wood is I think there is a certain amount of I don't know if I find the things that I'm talking about particularly horrifying as I'm doing them, but I think I can imagine myself in the scenario and like I point out details that I'm like, that would freak me the fuck out if I were to see, notice, or like experience it. And I think those are the things that tend to get my players 
uh like my favorite thing is like watching the discord chat as i'm narrating something and like there there's and i don't want to spoil it there's a thing that there's a sequence of events that happen like episode like 10 around there that as i am describing it my players are like, fuck you. No, no. They're sending, they're sending just like someone with a flamethrower. <laughs> it's like, burn it all down. Don't want it. Don't want to see it. Don't want to hear it. And it's like, I'm just describing things where like, if I were in this scenario, what is the last thing that I would want to be hearing or seeing? And so, yeah, I think there is like some truth to like, as a creator doing horror understanding like at like a base level what is it that makes people afraid of certain things and like being able to tap into that it's a really good lesson to take away yeah and in dis discord chats when you're gming looking at them is a blessing and a curse it's Cause, yeah because <laughs> on one hand it's all really funny but sometimes <laughs> It takes you out. It's very distracting. I've had to delete <laughs> stuff before because it'll just be like on repeat, like <laughs> doing it. I'm like, I can't be watching this while I'm trying to describe <laughs> describe this scene. And I, I've been the player that sends the, the meme that's just a little bit too distracting. <laughs> and there's like a dramatic sequence going on. And then like in the corner, you see like, a, a a really weird surreal version of like the steamed hams simpsons meme <laughs> off in the corner and, it, and the dm just can't focus because it's in the corner <laughs> i've been that person that set uh, that up a curse i was literally that gm last sunday um so i feel you so uh now for a, a just a, just a fun question that's just a fun question if you had any superpower, what would it be? Um, probability control. Ooh, that's a really good one. Yeah, because that is a good at one. that, I don't have to worry about anything ever. Things just go my way, mm. and honestly, I prefer that over being able to like lift a car or fly. It's like if I can go about my day and like maybe find a dollar on the ground and like not run into traffic and like hit every green light and like happen to do the right thing. Like that's perfect. Like my, I've made a perfect life. You just never get stuck in traffic. <laughs> but then would you get bored of your life if everything was like perfect? That was, a, that was like immediately the thing that I thought of as soon as I said it. <laughs> but I, but I think the yeah. ability to be able to control it is the thing that like, right. cause mm. I can be like, uh, most of my time I'll turn it off. I don't mm. need it. But if it's like, this is a thing I need to do. Right, I'm like, I right. want this to go the way I want. Bam, turn it on and I'm good. And like, I guess it's still a probability control. So it's like rolling a mid to high, like success. Yeah. Like, you know, the thing goes better than you expected but not necessarily perfectly. Exactly. It's like playing a tabletop RPG, but you only have loaded dice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All your bonuses are plus 10. Uh, I, do, I do remember that, I think Stan Lee said that that would straight up be the best superpower to have, period. Right? Like that's it's just such a good disagree. one. Yeah. It's such, it's a, such good, a good it's, one. Where you can just like, and I... They're like, and I'm trying, and I've like tried to think of other powers outside of that because it feels like a very cheap answer because it's just like, I want my life to go <laughs> exactly the <laughs> way that I want to. 
And like, that's my superpower. My yeah. life is good. My power is I don't <laughs> want to try anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to um, always be in the right place at the right time, you know? <laughs> right. I think having, like, that one's just so good. It's hard to, like. Yeah. I guess telekinesis would be pretty good. Yeah. Like, a can still get, a telekinetic can still get stuck in traffic. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. But a telekinetic can lift their car over traffic. Oh, true. They I love can. How all of these are like, the traffic oriented. Like, this is, this is <laughs> yeah. the main problem we're all having. I live in Houston right now, so he, so traffic is <laughs> primarily my main issue. So any superpower that can get you through traffic is like a good superpower. Beautiful. Perfect. Love perfect. it. Give it to me. Other than flight. I'm not super down for flight. All right. I it's a like height flight thing. would be annoying. Like, the amount, like... First off, you live in a city. Yeah. yeah, one bugs, two smog yeah. that's just in the air. I don't, yeah. I don't want to breathe in all of that. I want to stay down here. Okay, but okay, but were you guys ever like? Did you ever do like any sort of like athletic or thing where like you got to jump from things and like yeah. you had that thrill of falling? So I think that's the uh, the uh, what do you call it? That's the buy-in for flight. I think like. The- like yeah i think it's thrilling i don't don't know if i have i'm not a thrill seeky kind of person i hate roller coasters that's fair i I like flying in a plane totally cool if i was free falling through the air (laughs) i don't know how i would feel about it even if i could be like uh, i feel like every time i would be like uh mark from invincible uh when he first learned to fly and he's just crashing into stuff and like that would be me and I wouldn't have invulnerability because my power is flight. <laughs> I would die the first time. I wonder who the first person was that was like, you know what would be fun? To jump out a plane for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> who was it? I don't, I don't know. know who it was, but I agree with them. <laughs> I, almost, I almost guarantee you. I almost guarantee you. They were white. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't have enough problems in my life. Let me jump out of the plane and see how that goes. You know what? I'm going to jump out the plane and hope I Mm. I am smart enough to launch the parachute at the exact right moment. Mm. Right. There is one question uh, that CJ uh, promised we'd ask you um, before we wrap up. And we are coming close to closing off time. So I will... I hope you're ready for this one because this is a very fun question as well. Kendo. What's the thing you're most proud of? Ooh. <laughs> huh. To think of. It is a thinker. I think right now, and I'm really trying to think if there's a different answer, it might be Tales Get Told. I, cause it's, I, so I've been playing like tabletop RPGs since I was in high school in like 2012, 2013. So like almost 10 years now. And what got me into tabletop games uh was uh there's a content creator he sadly doesn't do as much as he used to anymore for various reasons named spoony he had a a series called counter monkey and he would just like talk about like all of his like different experiences like playing all these games and such and then like also like the early like penny arcade acquisitions incorporated all of those like live plays and then like getting into like taz and stuff. I was never much of a critical role person, so I, 
I tried to watch like the first episode, never could get into it. Um, and I get it. I know I should watch more. And blah blah blah. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, I don't. Have, I don't have that. You kind don't. Of time. You don't owe you don't anyone to that. watch a yeah. hundred four-hour episodes. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. And and See, still be missing five years of content. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ugh. You don't owe Can't that do to anyone. No. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but like getting like. Having my entrance into the tabletop space being hearing other people tell their stories about them playing the game or even just like the experience of other people as they were playing the game was very influential for me. And it was always a thing that I wanted to do. I always was like, oh, I want to do like a podcast or like a stream or something. But like I didn't have the, there was like, like, I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have the time. I had never done it before. I didn't have the, I didn't like one of the, like the hardest things about building uh, like any project, but especially like performative content is like making sure you have the right cast and like find like, ah, who am I going to like get for this that I feel like a has the equipment as well. And like B, like I feel confident that I would be able to do this thing with over a long period of time. And then just like, you know, after you do it, like making sh- like get finding a way that people can listen to it and like getting people to listen to it is like the hardest thing. Like, I'm sure you all know, like trying to like build an audience and stuff for it um, has been. Yeah, it was like all the things that stopped me from doing it before. And I am incredibly proud that I can finally be in a space at a point in my life where I can do this. And uh, reception has been basically all positive. No one has told me anything bad about it, but that could also just be people not telling me (laughs) that there's like, that they don't like it. Like I'll never know if someone listened to it and went, Hmm, not for me. Like I'll, (laughs) like I'll never know. But that's, that is also a good thing because that means yeah. what you're right. What you're doing is is not getting people riled up to the point where they drop a two hour video essay about mm. you. Oh god, that's so true. Actually, so you know, what? I'll take that as a I'll take that as a win. Absolutely. No one, no one is developing hater energy for you yet, <laughs> as far as I know. But honestly, I could use a hater. I need someone to humble me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So if someone's out there looking to have like a rivalry uh, <laughs> where we just kind of talk shit about each other, hit me up. If you if you just put the energy onto the world, CJ will answer in kind eventually. So just wait. <laughs> I think I think the closest I have to it is Barnaby. Um, <laughs> though I know Barnaby primarily is focused at JJ. So <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, I love how small the tabletop community yeah. is. <laughs> We all well, know yeah, who Barnaby is. <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're so good. Yeah, truly. Alinda, do we have any other questions? I don't have any other questions to ask. I don't either. This is all CJ gave to me before uh, throwing me into the pit for tonight. <laughs> I, I think we can like go ahead and start wrapping things up here. It's been a wonderful time talking to you, Kendo. It's been great talking to the both of you as well. This was super cool. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, then how do we do the outros? So, how we do the outros is first off, we ask, uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on all social media at Kendo Makes Films. Uh, and you can find my podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And it's called Tales Yet Told. 
And you can also find that on Twitter and Instagram at Tales Yet Told. It, this yeah. is just great. Like it was so I'm glad we got all of just the names <laughs> of things yeah. where it's like beautiful. We're gonna clip this specific segment of the show and that's all we're going to be using as marketing like just check this out that's the whole show <laughs> <laughs> i've been kestrel uh replacement of cj you'll be hearing my voice from now on instead of theirs and i'm going to be making some changes around here personally uh, and if you'd like to see my plan my action plan for that um you can actually go follow me on all social media platforms as oat cookie that's o-a-t-c-o-o-k-i drop the e where i am working on my own shows um i help out with a couple of others like monster fuckers anonymous and laurel traditions to other podcast what about monster fucking what about collaborative storytelling i think that's everything i do and if you want to like see what else i do look at my link tree because i can't remember everything i'm doing right now Cass does far too much <laughs> uh, i was literally editing an episode of mfa before i saw it at like 30 minutes before the recording for this like hey do you want to fucking uh host for this i was like oh what <clears throat> yeah i can do that uh, and that was after I spent my morning editing another show that I'm working on. So it's, a, it's all about keeping busy, you know? God, I feel you. I have to edit my podcast after we're done. <laughs> so I, it's constant editing. I, I understand truly, the struggle. Truly. And I am uh, one, of, one of the permanent co-hosts, Oleander. You can find me at Stray Nerdboy on Twitter, TikTok, and Tumblr. And then when it comes to projects, uh, this is about it. You you found me. Um, <laughs> keep listening, <laughs> please. <laughs> you also keep promising to post ass on Twitter, so so uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe maybe I'll boost these views and post ass on Twitter. <laughs> marketing, marketing. It'll just be like all of our promotional images will just be like ah professional headshot of cj and Cass, and then like <laughs> just my ass <laughs> but that's In how you 4K. get people looking mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's you don't need to having... see my face this is all that matters your yours is our unique selling point so you know i think we'll start getting more and more viewers just like that but anyway thank you all for <laughs> listening and uh we'll see you when we see you see you later bye Hey folks, it's Oleander here. I want to say thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much, and we would also appreciate it if you spread blurt of mouth through word of mouth. We want you to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mom, tell your baby. Put some headphones on the baby. Let them listen to it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at blurt of mouth pod. B L E R D O F M O U T H P O D, and interact with us using the hashtag #HeyBump to stay engaged. We want you to send us suggestions, comments, concerns, funky memes, anything you want. And uh, we'll see you next time we see you.